Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. We're, st- we're talking about starting over, and uh, this series is really all about um, just breaking free from some of the things that we just can't seem to get over in life. Uh, some, of, some of those things that uh, they just keep coming back to us. Like it's, it's, you've got the same thing on your New Year's resolution like every year. And uh, we're talking about those things. We all have those areas. I, I have those areas. And, and it's just those things that just come up over and over again. In fact, uh, the reason that we do it and the reason that we do it at this time of the year is because studies say that there's 90% of people um, who, uh, who make a New Year's resolution. Like 90% of you, 90 out of 100 of you, probably made a New Year's resolution this year. And uh, so we do this because we, we just use the catalyst that is really the new year to help people start over. So that's why we're in this series, and I really love that. And, uh, but here's what I know is I know that most resolutions are actually uh, abandoned by mid-January. Like studies say that most of you will, by mid-January, everybody, not even a month in, you're already abandoning your resolutions. Like, uh, like, you're, like you're already getting over I might actually really have to have my glasses. We don't have any glasses? All right, that's all right. I'll preach through it. Um, uh, <laughs> if I look extra close at my notes this week, you know why. So, um, but, but really, uh, most of you, you've probably already given up on your New Year's resolution, and we have a lot of frustration with that. And uh, what is that? Some cheaters? Some cheaters? No, I don't need those. I've... <laughs> I can't, I can't see far away. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, you, you've probably, I, I, I understand the frustration of just, you know, re- really, uh, like, I, there's just this one thing that I really just can't seem to get over. And what happens to most of us, unfortunately, is that we've come to accept it. Like, we've just come to accept that that's who I am. And uh, really, it's, it's really unfortunate, and that's what, that ser- that's what this series is all about. It's going after that one area in your life that you just can't seem to get past. In fact, out of all the messages that we're going to preach in this series, I believe it's going to be a five-part series, out of all the messages that we preach in this series, I really do believe that today is kind of the centerpiece message. Like, you have to understand today's message to go forward, and we're going to talk about that one area, and we're going to talk about what's keeping us from really just being free, and uh, I can feel the same, like I said, I feel a lot of the same frustration, like uh, to give you an example, last year, probably like many of you, you probably set a weight goal, I set a weight goal, that's what I do, I, I, I set a goal to lose 20 pounds, and, uh, and, and I'm happy to report to you that after, this was last year, so of July of 2019 of that year, uh, I'm happy to report that I only had 30 pounds to go, everybody. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you, but what <laughs> when the scale just goes the opposite way, I'm just like, hey, bring on the fried chicken. Like, like, <laughs> like, no, like no need to even bother anymore. And so I, I understand some of the frustration. We, we've got frustration with this. And, and that's our, where our theme verse comes from. The, our theme verse is from John chapter 8. And here's what it says. It says, to the Jews who had believed in him. And uh, which, by the way, the, I, I point this out because the word believed here and, and everything, Jesus is actually, he's getting ready to talk to 
his followers. Like he's getting ready to talk to believers. And I think for so many of us, we think that as soon as we begin to believe in Jesus, we shouldn't have any problems anymore. Like believers shouldn't be the one with, with the problems and the addictions and hangups. But, but I think it's interesting that Jesus is talking to the believers. And here's what he said. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then it goes on to say, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be free? So these people, they talk back to Jesus. And if I just put it in a modern day translation for you, they just are like, man, Jesus, listen, I'm, I've been a Christian my whole life. I, I, I followed, I, I, I'm one of Abraham's descendants, everybody. I'm all right. I'm going to go to heaven. Like, like, who are you to say that we're slaves? And here's what Jesus says. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And most of us, that's where we are. And we have a real frustration with this. We, we, we're really frustrated with this slavery thing. For many of us, probably, whenever we got saved, whenever we first gave our heart to Jesus, what happened is, is that uh, you probably gave up some things as soon as, how many of you, whenever you, whenever you like, decided you put the stake in the ground, you became a Christian, you had to give up some things? How many of you gave up some things? I hope you did. For many of us, we gave up some things as soon as we became a Christian. You probably gave up probably a, a good 90% of some of the bad things that you were doing but there's still like that 10% probably that lingers around in your life. And, and it's those things that, that returned. And, there's, there, and there's, you probably got a sin, even though you are a Christian, even though you are saved, there's probably still that one area in your life that just continues to crack the whip. And it continues just to, to make you a slave to it. It continues to, to, to call you out. It continues to gain mastery in your life. Many of us, we've got that one hidden secret thing. We've got, that, we've got that one bad thing that even though we are a Christian and we got most of our life right, we still have that one thing that kind of just, it, we are still a slave to. And that, this message this morning is designed to help break that. It's designed to help, it's, it's designed to help you move past that. Here's what the, the scripture goes on to say. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. This is important because uh, it's important because what happens is, is that when you're a slave, you don't get the family benefits. And here's what I want for you. If you're a child of God, I want you to have the family benefits. I want you to have everything that God has for you. In fact, as your pastor, many of the times, this is one of my biggest frustrations is that, yeah, I, like, like, yeah, I think it's, it's great to lead people to heaven. It's great to lead people to salvation. I love that. We do it every week. I love that. But one of my bigger frustrations is, is that I want you to have the quality of life that you're called to have. Like God has, you have a place in the family, everybody. You have, you have a place in the family, and you've, God has a quality of life for you to have, but so many of us, we don't have it because we've got one thing that we're just, that one thing that just won't let go, that we're just a slave to. Yeah, salvation is great, but it's just the start. Here's what I know is that once you know Jesus, you can know the truth, and the Bible just said that the truth will set you free. 
You don't have to be a slave any longer, everybody. Is anybody here? I can't see you, so you got to hear. I, I got to hear you. Uh, I, 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 you don't have to be a slave any longer, but a son belongs to it forever. You can have the family benefits, everybody. That's, that's, that's what we want. And, and this verse actually goes on to say that, so if the son sets you free, you can be, say it with me, you will be free indeed. Absolutely. And that's what I want for you. I want you to have that freedom. And that's what we're going after in this series. We're going after that freedom in this series. In fact, if you were here for the first week of this series, we actually made the case that there is a war going on inside of you. Like you have a war internally in you. It's the war against your flesh and a war against your spirit. And your flesh and your spirit are constantly battling. That's what we learned in Galatians chapter 5. We said, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to do what? To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. You have a war. You have your fleshly desires, and you have your spirit, and they're going at it all the time, and what happens is is that it keeps you from actually doing the things that you want to do. And we said that one of the ways that you can actually speed up the process of getting free from something is to feed your spirit and starve your flesh. Like, and, and that's what the 21-day challenge is all about. The 21-day challenge, if, you're, if, if this is your first time here, we're in the middle of these 21 days where we have been feeding our spirit. How? We've been going to God in prayer every single day. We've got a devotional for you to even help you read scripture and pray. So we've been feeding our spirit more than, and we've been starving our flesh. And how do we starve our flesh? Well, we've been fasting. That's what fasting is all about. Fasting is not just about a punishing yourself so that God will see you. That's not what fasting is at all. Fasting is so that you can starve your flesh so that you can hear God more. Because when we begin to feed our spirit more, all of a sudden we get to hear from God. We, we, we're, we're starting to get those family benefits. We begin to, whenever we pray, we connect to God more, and whenever we fast, we disconnect from the world. And so for so many of you, even though it's day 14, I would still love for you to join us for the last seven days. Like these last seven days can be powerful if you want to jump in and join us uh, for these for these 21 days. Can I just encourage you, like Monday nights at 715, we have a prayer service. Join us for that last prayer service. It'll be powerful. I'll have my contacts in. It'll be great. Like, like just join us for that service. It, it's, a, it's a great service. We, also, we get to pray over your prayer cards. So all of you, you got a bulletin on your, on your way in. Actually, it was on your seat. On that, on that bulletin, on the back side of the bulletin, I would love for you to just write out your prayer request because we want to go to God in prayer for you. And we pray over those. Uh, we lay these cards up on, this, on the front of the stage every Monday night at 7.15. And we, and we have people that pray for your needs specifically. I'd love for you just to hop on and do that. Also, we have this. We, we, guys, I'm pretty amazed. We, we printed a hundred of these books. 
And uh, I had to print another like 10 or 15 more this week. So, hey, we printed some more books for you. Take these books home. Even though we're in day 14, take a book home. Uh, Join us for these last seven days of of prayer and fasting. I would love for you. This is a resource for you. No cost. Just take it home. It's your book. Write in it. Read it. I hope that it'll help you. So, So just join us. Take the journey with us. That's how I would say it. Just take the journey with us. Just join us. And, and uh, I promise your life will be changed. Many of you are probably sitting in here. Well, okay, Noah. I, I know I've been doing this. Like, I've trusted you the last couple of weeks. Like, I've been doing this. But I still have that one area that won't let go. Yeah, I've been praying and I've been fasting. But that one area hasn't went anywhere. Well, well, well let me show you. And let, let me try to help you get rid of this one area. Let me show you this verse uh, that Paul writes in Romans. Here's what, here's what Paul says. And I, I, I love what Paul says here. He says, I don't understand myself at all. Some of you, you're, you're there. You're like, I don't even understand what I'm doing. Like, I can't figure out what I'm doing. I don't understand myself for all at all. For I really want to do what is right. Like, I, I do. I really want to. I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing that I hate. Like, I'm so glad this verse is in the Bible, everybody. I love, I, this is, I love this verse because it makes me feel a whole lot more comfortable because there's a lot of times that I, I, I just don't understand myself. I want to do the right thing, but I end up doing the very thing that I hate. And what Paul is saying here, I love, I love that he puts this in here. It's like the struggle's real, everybody. Like, like, like it's there. There's, and, and, and the cool thing about Paul is, is that not only does he give us the problem, but he also gives us the solution, and he unpacks that. And that's really what we're going to unpack today. But here's the deal. I told you, I said, I, I want you to take this journey with me. I just desire for you to take this journey with me. And I'm going to give you a journey today of life change, and I'm going to try to help you the best I can. But can I tell you that it's not all just going to happen in one message? I can't preach long enough for to put everything that you need in one message. 30 minutes of me talking up here, it can't save you, everybody. But here's what I can do. I can give you a process to help you. I can give you a process, a journey of life change. And before I give you that journey, I just want to show you that and warn you that if, if you don't take that journey, there's actually another progression that I really don't want this to happen to you. But, but for so many of you, this is going to hit home. This progression that I'm about to show you, you're, you're, you're going to feel it. Like you're, gonna, you're probably going to know what step you're on. And you're going to remember going through these steps. And here's what I'm saying. If you don't take the journey of life change, here's, here's, here's what this looks like. Here, here, here's what your process, here's what the world uh, process will look like. That one area, remember that one area that you have, you probably, you're probably thinking about your neighbor's area. Start thinking about your area, all right? Start thinking about what's wrong with you. Uh, that one area that just won't let go, uh, for so many of us, that area, uh, you, it becomes a part of your identity. And all of a sudden, that one thing that we've been doing, like, uh, like a good example would just be when people say, well, I'm a smoker, right? I, or, 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 or I'm an alcoholic. All of a sudden, the things that you're doing, it just becomes a part of your identity. And, 
And, well, I, I'm a smoker. I'm an alcoholic. Well, I've got German heritage. We're just mean people. Like, like <laughs> that's not an excuse. Like, like but, but that's what happens to so many people. So many people, that thing just becomes a part of their identity. And can I tell you to this morning that that is not who you are, everybody. That's not who you are. That's just what the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to think that you're a smoker. He wants you to think that you're an alcoholic. He wants you to think that you're a drug addict. He, he wants you to think that you're a thief. He wants you to think... That, that, that you, you're just mean. That's, but that's not who you are. It's just who the enemy wants you to think. But that's what happens to so many of us is that one problem that we have in our life. It just becomes a part of our identity. And then all of a sudden, you begin to feel increasingly hopeless. Like, you, once you buy into the identity, you become increasingly hopeless. And some of you, you came in here in this building today and you just felt increasingly hopeless. You, 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 you just feel like, like there's nothing that you can do about it. Like this year, you did, like some of you, you didn't even try a resolution list this year because you're so hopeless. Like you just know that that one thing, it's just not, i just given up on it. I, 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 just, I just don't think it can change. And then what happens is, is that you become defensive about that problem. Like not only is it a part of your identity, and not only do you feel hopeless, but all of a sudden, you start defending the very thing that you hate. And you start saying things like, like people start saying to you, like, well, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't. And you're like, ah, nope, I don't want to hear about it. And all of a sudden, you, you, you're, you're defending the thing that you hate as if it's not even real. And you start telling people, well, I don't have a problem. I don't have an anger issue. I, I, I don't have a problem. You begin to defend that thing, and then what happens is, is that you become a slave to it, and that's what the Bible was talking about. That's what Jesus was talking about in that scripture, is that we, all of a sudden now we become a slave to the very thing that, that we wanted to get rid of, and all of a sudden now it's cracking the whip at us, and it's telling us how to live, and then tragically, here's what happens. You begin to lose your life, and some of you, you've gone through this progression before. You, you, it, you, it, it's, it's become your identity, and all of a sudden, then you feel hopeless, and then you start defending it, and then you become a slave to it, and then, tragically, you, you, you begin to lose your life. And, yeah, you're going to heaven. Yeah, you're saved. And, yeah, you got the Lord's salvation. Yay. But you're not getting the family benefits. And for so many of us, we lose our life, and we, we lose the quality of life that God has for us on earth. And in some cases, you lose your family. And in tragic places, you lose your own life. But here's what I don't want. I don't want this to happen to any one of us. The Bible says that we've got some family benefits. That we, 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 we've, we've got some things that the Lord wants, uh, wants us to have. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And what I want to do is I just want to change the progression. I just want to send you on a journey of what Jesus says. Jesus said, we just read this in that scripture, that the truth will set you free. Turn to your neighbor and say, the truth will set you free. Come on. Hey, turn to your second pick and tell them, the truth will set you free, everybody. Like, uh, some of you need to be freed from that second pick. Uh, uh, the truth will set you free. That's what Jesus said. In fact, if I can modernize Jesus' words, here's what I would say is that we need some new thinking. We just need some new thinking. We need some new programming. We need some new ideas because obviously the ones that 
we have right now, they're, they're not working. And, uh, and that's really what the church is all about. Like I would say that the church is here. It's a place for us to come together so that we can sing better thoughts, so that we can hear better thoughts, so that we can share testimony of better thoughts. That's why the church is here, to help get you some new thinking. And I want to start off today in an area where really I, I, I was nervous about it. I almost didn't go into this direction, but I thought, you know what? Why not, everybody? I'm going to go for it. So I, I got this area that, uh, that, that we're just going to go for it and uh, and, and here's why I, I was afraid to go for it. Because uh, according to Mr. George Barna, who does uh, a, a lot of the surveys and polls of Christians in America, uh, he, he says that there's 59% of Christians in the United States that will actually disagree with the statement that I'm about to make. F- or I'm sorry, it's 59%. 59%, almost 60% of you today, 60% of America are going to disagree with the statement that I'm about to make. And it's 59% of you, you're, you might sit in here and say, well, I, I don't think this is true. But here's what I know, is that the only way that you can be set free is if you know the truth, everybody. And the truth can set you free. And I, here's what I want to do. I want to free the 59% of you in here. I, 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 and, and listen, you have to know the truth. And I'm going to make some of you nervous, and I'm, I'm sorry about that, but I'm going to make some of you er- nervous, and I'm going to make others of you uncomfortable. But listen, everybody, you'll get over it. It'll be all right, all right? Here, here, here's, here's what I want to tell you. If that, that here's what 59% of people disagree with, that there really are demons. Like, there really are demons. Like, not just a costume on Halloween. Like, there really are demons demons. They're real. And 59% of Christians just believe that the devil is a symbol. Can you believe that, everybody? 59% of Christians think the devil is a symbol, that he's not even a real person. Can I tell you, he's real, and and he's there, and I'm going to explain that to you. Can I tell you that, well, listen, if I was the devil, that's probably what I'd want you to think, too. Like, if I was the devil, I'd probably want you to think that I, 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 I'm not real. And, and because if you don't know that he exists, here's what happens. You won't, start, you won't actively fight against him. And so for 59% of Christians, they just don't believe in him, so they don't have to fight against anybody. And, and, that's, and that's what happens, and that's really the truth. In fact, I would just, I would just put it to you in this way, that uh, if you know me, I like... Uh, I like a lot of crime TV shows. Like, uh, like Netflix has been having a lot of crime stuff that I've been just binge watching. I love that type of stuff. And, uh, uh, and, and I've, I've, I watch a lot of crime. It, it's fun. But, but just to give you a little bit of a story, like say, yeah, uh-oh, you're like, oh, no, demons and crime. <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? I'll even this all out in just a minute. Uh, but, uh, but, but say there's a thief. And say, say you're asleep in your house. And, and what, what's going to happen? When the thief comes to your house, and if you're asleep in the house, is the thief going to knock on the door and ask, hey, can I come in and steal your stuff? No, no, that's not what they do. I've watched enough shows. You ought to trust me, everybody. Like, that's not what they do. They, they, they get into your house. They're not going to try to wake you up. They'll get in and get everything that they need, and they'll get out. And, 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 and that's just who, that's what a thief is. Their ploy is, is that you don't know. 
Like, like you just have no idea. Well, here, I'm here to tell you that now you know. <laughs> now you know the thief, and now you know that he's real, and you need to know. And the truth is, is that you've got an enemy. In fact, First Peter says this. It says, be self-controlled and alert. Hey, everybody, be on watch. Look for that enemy. You, you, you ought to watch out because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, and he's just looking for somebody to devour. Watch out, everybody. He's on the loose. But here's what the Bible says. I love what it says. It says, resist him. And here's, here's, our, uh, and here's our theme for the year. We've been talking about standing firm, right? Here's our theme. Resist him and stand firm in your faith. Resist and stand firm. Hey, church, we can't just kumbaya every day, and we can't just sit around and think that, well, if we leave the devil alone, he'll leave me alone. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. You've got to resist him. That's what the Bible says, that we've got to actively, we've got to resist is an active term, that you've, you've got to be up on it. You've got to resist him. And you're you're probably sitting in your seat like, oh, pastor, I can't believe you're talking about demons today. Like, that, like I can't believe what kind of church I just walked into. I, I, can I tell you that, listen, lost people talk about angels all the time. Like, like, like they're quick to say, I got that guardian angel around me. Like anytime, anytime that somebody passes away at a funeral, you hear all kinds of stuff about angels, right? Like, I, I, they're, they're looking down, the angel of the Lord was with me. Everybody's comfortable with that? Well, Hey, everybody, <laughs> we're talking about demons today. And, and, and can I tell you that you have a very real enemy. You have a very real enemy, and there, there are demons. And now some of you, you're probably like, some of you, you just go crazy with this demon stuff. Can I tell you that that's not who, that's not what I'm talking about here, by the way. But some of you just go a little bit overboard on this demon stuff. Some of you are thinking, well, it's about time we got to the good stuff, Pastor. And <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> others of you are probably in here right now like, man, when can we go back to that at the movies series? I really, <laughs> I really liked watching movies at church. Uh, I, I, li listen, there, there's both extremes, and that's why I love what C.S. Lewis says here. He says, Satan, Satan hails the skeptic. He loves the skeptic and the superstitious alike. Think about that for a minute. He likes, uh, Satan loves those people who are like, man, I ran out of gas this morning on my way to church. There must be a, a devil on my gas tank, you know? I, <laughs> that, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, 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 like he loves when you think there's a demon under every rock, but he also, wait, he also loves when you, you don't believe in him at all. And can I tell you that, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've heard people say that the devil took my parking spot. Like, I, I, I'm not sure if that's exactly how the devil works. Uh, I think you might be, sorry, sister, I, I'm not, not, not sure about that. But I'm telling you that there's just both extremes to these things. And, and I say all that, and, and, and I joke about that, because, li listen, I, I, I understand, you don't need to be a skeptic. But you, 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 don't, you don't need to be superstitious either. Like, like there, there's a happy medium in between that, uh, that I think we could get to. And it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, 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 if you, like if you don't believe in him, it, just, it doesn't make him go away. It doesn't, you can't just choose whether you believe in the devil or not. He's there. There, is, there, there, really, there really is, there really are demons. And now that I've probably freaked you out a little bit, let's go to the second point. Here's, here's the second point if you're taking notes. It's this, is that 
we can be under their influence. And you're probably like, this really got a lot creepier. Um, you're, well, Pastor Noah, are you saying that as people of God, we can be demon-possessed? No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. And, and, and I say that because probably not in your definition. Like many people, they've got, they've, got, they've got this definition wrong. In fact, if you would just look at the word possessed, and, and if you would look at when it says possessed in the Bible, possessed just literally means ownership. And so now when I ask you that question, well, can some people be demon-possessed? Can, 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 mas- can the devil have mastery over some people? Well, 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 maybe so. Let, let, me just, let me just ask you this, back to the original story about the thief. Like, that thief who broke into your house, just because he broke into the house didn't mean, doesn't mean that he owns the house, but he had great influence on it, right? Yeah, right? I, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. He, he, had influence, he, he had influence on it. And, like, like, if I would go out today... And if I would drink a lot of alcohol and if I would go out and do a lot of drugs, the drugs don't own me, but I would be what? I would be under their influence, right? Like, so, so yeah, so the, so the devil can have influence in our life. In fact, let me just show you this in the Bible. Here's, uh, here's what Ephesians says. Ephesians says, in your anger, do not sin. Some of you, this is just an example of like, if you're, if you're thinking of your one thing right now, like if, if your one thing is anger, the Bible wrote it right in for you. Use a perfect example. But some of you've got other things. But, but here's what the Bible says. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down uh, while you're still angry. And do not give the devil what? Do not give the devil a foothold. That's what the devil wants in your life. He wants a foothold in your life. He who has been stealing must what? Must steal no longer. And, and, and so the Bible says that, that, that when, when, you're, when you're angry or whenever you give in to that temptation, whatever it is, that all of a sudden you begin to give the devil a, foot, a foothold in your life. Like, let me, let me use this example. Like, uh, like, like so many people, like, and, and this is a, this is a hard one to talk about, um, but but it's so real, and, and and so many people they they do this, uh, like so so for you if, if you're at home and you click on a, a porn site, what happens? Are you going to hell? No, it doesn't mean that you're going to hell because you clicked on that website. You're bought with a price, like Jesus has bought with, bought you with a price. God owns you, but what happens is is that you begin to open yourself up to something that'll influence you. You open the door. You give the devil a foothold. And that's just one of many examples in your life. There's some things that you're watching on TV right now that, yeah, I, can, I feel like I can handle that, but what you're doing is you're opening the door and you're giving the devil a foothold in your life. And all of a sudden, yeah, I, I, I think that I can handle that, but you're just giving the devil more influence in your life. And can I tell you, just like this verse says, hey, don't give the devil a foothold. He's been stealing from you, and he must steal no longer. That's what I want in your life. I don't want the devil to steal from you anymore. That's my prayer for you. That's been my prayer for you all week, is that the devil would just stop stealing from you. Lock the doors, everybody. Lock them up. If you have that problem, put, 
put something. There, I'm sure there. I, I, there's. I'm sure there is a lock to only only view good websites. Everybody, like, or, or or whether it's the TV. Some of you, you're doing that right now. Like, like on, like you're just watching bad things on the television. You're giving the devil a foothold. Just stop watching. Don't even turn it on. Stop it. Stop recording it. If you're like me, don't don't put it on your playlist. Everybody, like like just just get rid of it. Lock the doors. Don't let the devil steal from you any longer. And here's number three. And here's the good news, everybody. Here's what you should shout about, is that they have to flee in Jesus' name. The enemy has to flee in Jesus' name. And that's the good news. Yes, they are there. Yes, the devil's real. And yes, the devil can influence you, but he has to flee in Jesus' name. Is anybody in here this morning? And he has to flee in Jesus' name. In fact, Luke 10, it talks about this. It's a powerful verse. It, it says the 72 return. So, so here's what happens. is Jesus sent out his disciples and, 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 and 70, 70, actually 72 people total, not just his disciples. He sent out the 72, and he told them to preach. And he told them to go and cast out devils. And he told them to go and heal people. And this verse comes right when they return. And here's what he says. He says, Lord, uh, here, here, they, they return, and here's what they say. I'm sorry. So, so the, the 72 return, and here's what they say. Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus, here's what happens. Jesus replies, and he says, and I, I, I love Jesus' replies because Jesus basically says, well, well, guys, that's not really that big a deal. He says, hey, guys. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. <laughs> now that's cool, everybody. Like, like the <laughs> Jesus is like, oh, you think you're cool casting out demons? Jesus says, well, I saw Satan fall, and guess how long it took? It went, bam, over, right? <laughs> In a split second, I saw Satan fall from heaven. And here's what, here's what Jesus says, and here's the good part, is that I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Snakes and scorpions just meaning, uh, snakes and scorpions are just uh, different uh, representations of the devil. And to overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. It goes on to say, however, do not rejoice that spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Hey, everybody, don't rejoice that just because the devil submits to you. Rejoice because you're on the right team. Rejoice because you're on the right side. Rejoice for that. Well, Noah, I believe all that stuff, but I'm still messed up. Like, I've always believed there's been demons, and I, I know that they have to flee in Jesus' name, but why am I still messed up? Well, Noah, if I have authority... Why am I still struggling? Well, that's a, that's a great question, everybody. I, I, I want to unpack that in the next few minutes that I've got. In fact, the, in fact, I know this, is that the truth that I want to expose you to is really the secret to it all. It comes from 2 Corinthians. Here's what 2 Corinthians says. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not weapons of this world. Here's my question for you, and here's why I bring that verse up, is are you fighting with the weapons of the world? Or are you battling the weapons in your spirit? Are, are you fighting, 
Or are you actually fighting another war? Because I know that for so many of us, we really like to fight in the natural. Like, we like to fight our flesh. But the question that is proposed here is that, are you fighting in the spiritual? Are you fighting in the spiritual realm? And here's what it says. Is it says that on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds being that one place in your life that you just can't seem to start over. Some of you came here today and you've just got that one place that you just you really need a fresh start in. You really need to start over. That's that's what a stronghold is. And most of the time what happens is is that when we get saved, 90 like I said 90% of the problems probably go away, but you probably just keep dealing with this one thing. And the Bible calls this a stronghold. And I know that that word probably didn't impress you very much. You probably didn't even underline it in your Bible or anything. But can I tell you that, that when you look in the Greek, when you look in the original language that the Bible is written in, you discover the definition. And can I tell you, when you hear the definition of stronghold, that's when some things will begin to change in you. In fact, the word stronghold literally is, literally means just a prisoner locked by deception. Can I tell you that the devil is a liar? That's who he is. And in fact, the devil's greatest weapon, and really, maybe only his, his only weapon, is lying to you. That's what the devil wants to do. And here's what happens. The moment that you begin to believe that lie, the devil begins to have influence in your life. The moment that you start believing his lies, the, that's the moment he begins to have influence in your life. In fact, I, I, another, the secondary definition of a stronghold would be this, is living by something that is not true. So a stronghold is just a deception. A stronghold is just a lie. And the truth is, is that many of us, we're going to go to heaven, but like, like we've, we're going to go to heaven, we've been saved, but we've just bought into Satan's lies that he has for us. Well, Pastor Noah, where does that come from? Well, it comes from bad programming. Like we're allowing too much of the bad programming in our life while we're, we're just putting a little bit of the good programming in our life, and all of a sudden, when we allow so much bad programming in our life, our files are getting corrupted, everybody. It's really messing us up, and that's what Jesus says. Jesus says in John 8, verse 44, he says, When the devil lies, <laughs> he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, and he is the father of all what? Of all lies. You see a common word here? <laughs> he, he, he's, a, he's a liar, everybody. That, that, that's who the devil is. And, and, and that's the job description of the devil. He's just a liar. So, well, Noah, what do we do about it? Well, well here's what we do. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension uh, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought, to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought, everything, everything that we have in our head. In fact, I would just say that the real battlefield that we have is the battlefield of our mind. And that's your journey. That, 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 that really is, that, 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 that it, you, have to, you have to get control over the battlefield in your mind. And over time, what I want you to do is I, I, I want to I help give you some resolutions that will actually work. 
I want to give you some resolutions that will actually help you start over. And like I said, I can't do that in a 30-minute message, but what I can give you is, is, the, is a journey. I can give you a journey that little by little, that it'll take out the bad programming, and it'll begin to put in the good programming. And that's just what I want to I, I give that to you before you leave. I know that I, I think with one eye, I'm behind on time, so I'm going to try to try to uh, wrap this up real quick. But, but that's what I want you to do. I just want to give you this journey that will take out the bad programming and help put, put in the good programming. And if you do, I know that your life will change. Well, Noah, are you serious? Like, like well, Noah, if, if I change the programming in my life, you think my life will change? Well, here's what Romans says. Romans says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but do what? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the Bible says that if you would just renew your mind, your life will change. Not only that, but Ephesians says this. It says, you, uh, you were taught to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. You're supposed to be made new in the attitude of your minds. It's all throughout the Bible that, that you've got to restore your mind. You've got to get on this right journey. It's all throughout the Bible. In fact, I would just put it this way, is that we defeat the enemy by replacing every lie he has told us with the truth of God's word. How do you want to defeat the enemy this week? You need to, you need to replace every single lie that he tells you with the truth of God's word. And that's why I tell you at the beginning of this year, that's why I tell you that, man, I love that you attend church. I love it. Like, like honestly, I do. I love you guys to death. But can I just tell you that just coming to church just on Sunday is not enough. It's not enough to change your life. And I know that hurts my feelings. It hurts my feelings that my messages aren't enough to change your life. But, but, but I, I know that you need, you need more. You need a process in your life so that your life can be changed. And I'm asking you, I'm asking you to start this year not only with the 21-day challenge, but I'm asking you to start with a new process. Can I tell you that, I can just tell you this, like if you would just give us a year of your life, where you would just take the 21-day challenge uh, seriously and actually participate and actually go through, uh, go through that workbook that we've given you and actually pray. Hey, if you haven't been baptized, I'd encourage you to be baptized. If you haven't joined the church and, and discovered your purpose and real purpose, I'd encourage you to go through that class with us. You can go through that class with us today. And then, if, and then not only that, but I'd encourage you not only just to sit in the stands, but like get in the game, everybody. Join a team. And serve. In fact, I, I, I know this, is that, that part of your freedom, part, so for so many of us, we can find freedom not just in a, in a small group, but when we start serving other people. We begin to find freedom. And I, can I just encourage you, do it for a year. Just take the challenge. And, and when we have extra events, come to those extra events. And when we have small groups, we've talked all day. Like Chris and Mike did a great job talking about small groups this morning. Join a small group. Our semesters are just coming up. Go through this year with us. And don't just, don't just attend every other Sunday that you can make it. Like Make it a priority to be here on the weekends. Make it a priority if you're able to. Come and join us. Well, well Noah, you're saying, I, I, you're asking for a lot of commitment, Pastor Noah. You're asking for so much commitment. Well, yeah, I'm asking for commitment, but I, I'm telling you, I just want you to have a different, I, I don't want the same New Year's resolution to be, I don't want you to have the same New Year's resolution year after year. I don't want that for you. I mean, if, if you want to be here every, if you want to be here with the same New Year's resolution every year, then, then you go do whatever you want to do. But if you're wanting to see real life change, I just invite you to join us in that 
process. In fact, I would just call myself as your pastor. I don't, I, I, I'm not the one that changes you. Jesus changes you, everybody. Here's what I am. I'm just your spiritual tour guide. <laughs> Like, I, I'm, just, I'm just taking you around. I'm showing, I, I'm showing you all the spiritual stuff that I, that I can show you. And all I need is I just need you to hop on board. I just need you to come with me. And I promise at the end of the year, like, like listen, if, that, if, if at the end of the year it doesn't have an impact on you, come see me. And uh, I'll find another church for you. In fact, I'll probably go to that other church because, <laughs> listen, I, I, I can promise you that, that, that it will work. So what I can give you today and I know that I'm late, but I'm going to close with these last three points because they're important, and they, they won't go very long. But let me give these to you. Uh, I'm going to close with these starter truths, and here's what I've done today. I've done a lot of talking just of knowledge. I've, I've given you a lot of just what I know. But, but these last three things, these are just my heart for you. This is just purely my heart for you, and here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that God loves you and is for you. In fact, you can just say it for, my, for yourself. God loves me, and he is for me. And I have a deep passion for that because I, I know, I, like, like I understand what it means to be uh, in a mean church. So many of us, we probably grew up in, in, in a mean church setting where we constantly had a pastor pointing the finger at us every Sunday and saying that you're not good enough and you don't, de- you don't deserve. I, it, and yeah, all those things are true, but it, it, it shouldn't ever be presented that way. Like, like, listen, God loves you and is for you. Yeah, you don't, you don't deserve you don't you don't deserve the grace that he gives you but he gives it to you everybody like he loves you and and you just need to know that that God loves you and is for you in fact some of you you probably if you were at a church like that you probably walk the aisle every week like you got saved every week everybody like like if you were in one of those mean churches well you're you're not there today that's not who God is can I tell you that God is not mad at you like, God knows what you did last night, and he still loves you. Uh, so, uh, like, like, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on the refrigerator, everybody. That's who our God is. He loves you. Take that in fresh today. In fact, in fact, I read this this week, and I just had to share it with you. It's John 3.16, but it's from the Message Translation. And I know you're probably like, man, he really went off the deep end this week, <laughs> preaching from the Message Translation. But I love, what, I, <laughs> I love what this says. It says, this is how much God loved the world. Take this in fresh, everybody. This is how much God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son. Can I tell you that no one loves you that much? Let me just stop right here and say that no one loves you that much. Like, listen, as your pastor, I love you a lot. I love you a whole lot. Like, like, like if, if thinking about you and praying for you is, is, is any measure of how much I love you, I'm probably one of, like, the top five in your list of, of people who love you the most. Like, I truly love you. Like, like, like I, I, I really do. But if one of my family members would have to die so that you could be here, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right. I love you, Dan, and the other Dan. <laughs> They're sitting next to each other today. I love you both, but you're out. I like like I'm 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 keeping my family. It's nice knowing you. Like like, who would love you that much? God does. He does. He sent His Son, and He goes on to say, and this is why so that no one needed be destroyed by believing in him. 
anyone can have a whole and lasting life. And not only that, God didn't just go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger at you, telling the world how, or telling the world how bad it was. He came to help you. He came to help you. Just take it in fresh, everybody, today. That's who our God is. He came to help you. He's for you. He loves you. Here's the second thing. And I'm wrapping it up, I promise. Is the second thing is, is that I can be free. You just need to you know, say it with me. Say, I can be free. I can be free. Come on, just take it in fresh. I can be free. Some of you have given up. And you just need to know that you can be free. Believe it again. Believe it again. Believe it again. I can be free. That's what uh, Romans 8, again in the message translation. This is, uh, I I must have been in the message a lot this week. I, I, I love this translation. It says, you no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. Some of you, you've been there. You are under a low-lying, continuous black cloud. Hey, everybody, a new power is in operation. A new power is in operation, and it's the spirit of the life in Christ. Like a strong wind, he has magnificently cleared the air, and he's freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. He's freeing you. And not only can you be free, but here's the good news, everybody, is that God can restore you. You can be restored. Restored just meaning that you can be put back to something meaningful. And I'm going to close with this verse. This is the last one, I promise. It's out of Psalms. It's Psalm 71. It says this. Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, he will restore my life yet again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Can I tell you, and some of you, you need to know this today, is that God doesn't only forgive you, but he restores you. And he puts you back. And he takes you back. He can restore you. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads? Some of you, you just need to know this morning that God is for you. He loves you. He is for you. And not only that, but you can be free and you can be restored. Can I tell you, you can begin that process right now. You can begin by just praying a simple prayer and just saying, God, thank you for sending your son to die for me. I know nobody else would do that. But God, I just ask that you would just come into my life and free me and restore me. I tell you that if you would just confess your sins to God and if you would just acknowledge him today, that you can begin that process. And just like I talked about, for so many people, that's, how, that's, that's what salvation is. For so many people, when they get saved, 90% of that leaves. Just, it just goes. And you begin that process of life change. If that's you in this place, and you say, I really need to start over. Like, this is the year. 2020, it's the year. Maybe you need to start over this year, everybody. Like, 2020 hadn't treated you right in the first couple of weeks. If, if that's you, and you say, you know what? I'm giving it all to God today. I need a fresh start. I need to start over. I, I, I want to be free. I want to be restored. If that's you and you say, I'm giving my heart to Jesus, on the count of three, what I love is I just love for you to just lift up your hand just so I know who I'm praying with. 
You don't have to stand up or come to the front or anything. I just love to see your hand so that I know who I'm praying with. If that's you, you say, I want to start over. I, I, I'm giving my heart to Jesus today. I'm giving my life to Christ. If that's you, on the count of three, you ready? One, two, three. Would you just lift your hands all over this room? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, so many people this morning. Thank you. Anybody else? Give you some time. Thank you. Church, because we believe in this prayer, let's all say this together. And I'm telling you, if you would just pray this in your heart, and if you would just mean it in your heart, that the God, the same God who raised Christ from the dead, he'll live inside of you. He'll come into your heart and live inside of you. Let's pray this together. Say this with me. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Would you give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer? So many people prayed that prayer this morning.